All right. Well, we got rained out today. Uh, there's a postponement set for tomorrow. There's going to be a doubleheader. It's a split doubleheader. So it's a day night, 1 p.m., 7 p.m. The Yankees will finish up this series tomorrow uh, against the Angels and hopefully try to, at the very, 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 very least, win the series. But I prefer we sweep that team because I don't think they're very good. Welcome to the show, episode 375 of BD4. Let's get into it. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Shook up the world again. Anthony for three. Welcome, 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 everybody. What's going on? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to or maybe watching episode 375 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now to Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends, Welcome. Uh, Today is Wednesday, June 1st, as I am recording. And as you're listening to this, it's, I would say it's probably at the latest Thursday, June 2nd, unless I can get this episode up the night of June 1st. Uh, But thank you for stopping by. Obviously, if you're a Yanks fan, you're here. And you're um, here because, well, maybe you have nothing else to do since the Yankees were just postponed. Um, speaking of post being postponed, and well, no, speaking of the weather, they're postponed because of the rain. If you do hear noises in the background, it's most likely the rain hitting the um, the top <clears throat> of the shed, and you'll also probably hear some thunder. But I've got the windows open because it's really hot in, in the studio here, so if you do hear noises, it's just the rain and the thunder and shit. Um, hopefully it doesn't pick up too loud. Hopefully this mic doesn't pick it all up. But, um, welcome to the show. If you are new here to BD4, well, welcome to the podcast. And if you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that. You know the many platforms that we are on, uh, YouTube, Spotify. You can watch the video format on there. You can also listen to the show on, you know, Apple Podcasts, and if you do that, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. We are currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. We'll also listen to us on Spotify. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna close the windows because I feel like it is getting a very a, a bit a bit uh loud in here. So we're gonna be right back one second. 
All right, that should be good. Welcome back to the show. Um, sorry about that. Episode 375 of the podcast. So yeah, if you are new, be sure to subscribe and download all these episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Facebook, RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. I'm active on both of those platforms. So it is June 1st, like I said, Wednesday, June 1st, as I'm recording, and um, you're probably wondering, well, no, you aren't, because you see the title of this episode, um, with no game, um, I just want to not do an episode, and so I figured, instead of waiting till the end of the series, let's just do our two-month progress report, because it is June 1st, um, wow, it's already June, Jesus Christ. Wow, I still feel like it's like January, dude. Saying that out loud just finally hit me. It's like, what the hell? Um, Jesus. And of course, guys, real quick, if you have not yet subscribed to the blog that I write, you can do that too. Visit ultimatesportsnetworks.com forward slash author forward slash RJ dash carbone. All right, or you can just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and put into the search bar my name or the title of my blog, The Bomber Bocker Blog. And be sure when you subscribe to The Bomber Bocker Blog on UltimateSportsNetworks.com, use code 6A2841ERJC. This way you get a discount 10% off everything. All right. So, I think that's all the bullshit out of the way. You know what's funny, though? Um, I was, uh... I was gonna bring it up last episode, but I completely forgot. A lot of, like, bigger names... Uh, that have, you know, that... that Retired, or... Or, like, Dallas Keuchel was cut the other day. By the White Sox. Didn't bring that up in the last pod, just forgot. Dude, that's that's crazy. I mean, it's not nuts, but like... It it feels like it wasn't that long ago when Keuchel was one of the more dominant pitchers in baseball. And he was just like mowing down the Yankees. He was a Yankee killer with the Houston Astros in that insane rotation. Remember, they had Verlander. They had Cole, Keuchel, McCullers, and... and, um, Forgetting the other guy's name, but they there was that stacked rotation, and Keuchel was just the enemy. Every time he'd come face us, seven innings, one hit, nothing but ground balls with that two seam. I mean, geez. And now he's 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 been a shell of himself. The former, uh, the former Yankee killer, uh, has now become somebody the Yankees have faced and gotten excited about gotten excited about because they've been able to hit him hard um but yeah he's been pretty bad over the last three or four years he's not been the same really since 20 i'm gonna say 17 um and then two former yankees two former yankees retired lately i saw that russell martin you guys remember russ martin he used to catch for us he had a you know he had some good some good moments he had a little bit of power uh decent catcher he was a big dude and then I also saw that Jay Happ retired, which I guess it shouldn't have shocked me because he has, hasn't has been that good. But yeah, it wasn't that long ago when Happ came here and his first season in pinstripes was 
the complete opposite of, of the second time around, right? But he retired. So that's interesting. Um, and, you know, there was the whole... Uh, just going around the league, there's that whole fucking... We didn't bring it up also on the last show. The Jock Peterson, Tommy Pham slap. Dude, what is it with people slapping people? It started with the Chris Rock thing. Then it went, there was some other dude who got slapped, some comedian. Then it was Chappelle the other week. That asshole with the, like, the, the gun with the knife attached to it or some shit. And now, like, why, why, why are people slapping other people? Because of disagreements and others. It, it, it's so childish. And this was insane. First of all, though, if you're going to hit somebody, punch them. Slaps are the most beta thing in the world. Be men and start punching. All right? Throw fists, not hands. That's ridiculous. That's so beta of anybody to throw a slap. When did that become a trend? I don't understand it. Um, but but the, the reason for it was insane to me. It just infuriates me how that's why Jock Peterson got slapped. Because of, of, of I mean, fantasy football. Was it fantasy football? I think so. But is there anything more modern than two pro athletes getting into an altercation because of fantasy football? Jesus Christ, are we soft? Imagine like any of the early 2000s guys doing this, like Jeter and and like, I don't know, name a player from another team during that era. And like David Wright (laughs) slapping each other because of fantasy sports. I saw that and I was just like, how fucking pathetic is that? Tommy Fan's also Tommy Fan is this is this big loser. I mean, this guy's always in the headlines about something ridiculous. Um, but I was like, what? When I read that, guys, it's June first. It's uh, it's time for all these these woke corporations to uh, change their profile pics to appease the rainbow people. Listen, I've got nothing against any of that, but like, you like who you want to like, but it's it's just it's insane. It's it's obviously all for profit, but it's it frustrates me when I see it. It's like, why do our real heroes, actual heroes, not insecure people who need validation, get a day here and there, and not an entire month? It's like, why don't all these corporations change their profile pictures? On those days, like Monday, I didn't see the MLB change their profile picture to camo or the American flag colors. No. Brain damage. It's crazy. It's just, I'm just getting annoyed, but it's it's just all for profit. And you got this whole, this woman playing for uh, an independent team that's affiliated with the MLB just for you know, publicity. It's, what is the world coming to? Um, more things around baseball. Uh, uh, we got more Yankees suck chance the other night. Last night, actually, it was it was at Fenway. This time, it was in the middle of of, of a Red Sox Reds game where the red uh, the Red Sox were getting blanked by the I don't know the two and forty Reds, and this was the night after they got blanked ten zero to the goddamn Orioles. 
and they had the audacity to chant the Yankees suck from, what, 11 or 12 games behind them. But hey, like I said, and like I've been saying all year, this is what Yankees fans have wanted. At least I did. This is what it's supposed to feel like as Yankees fans. The world is against you. Everybody's always thinking about you. You're hated. That's the mentality that we love. Um, speaking of... of um, I don't know where I was going with that. Tim Anderson's still a pussy. I was watching some of the pregame before. And during the rain delay, they had Josh Donaldson speaking to the media on the field. It's like, it's such a shame how this guy has to continue to answer questions. It really is. He's got to continue dealing with this media fiasco simply because of this narcissistic victim mentality that a lot of these modern athletes possess. Get over yourselves and play ball. It, it, the thing is, in the past, it was it was a we, we already kind of, did we speak on it. I don't think we need to, even if we did. It was ridiculous. It was stupid. And um, listen, there was there was it, it was the, if you know the context behind it, you should not have any issue with what happened. And now he's still going to answer questions about this shit. It's so annoying. Everybody wants to be the victim today. Um, Derek Jeter is on social media. He joined yesterday. You know, I was trying to figure that out. I was telling myself, why all of a sudden is is Jeter like? Is he is he bored with nothing to do? Because he just lost, you know he stepped down from the uh, the Marlins job. But then I remembered. I was like, oh shit, he's got the documentary coming out soon. So his team was probably like, yo, we're going to get you on social media to promote the shit out of this thing. <laughs> so he was like, all right, sounds good. But he had a couple of funny, I don't I don't have a Twitter, but he had a couple of funny Twitter posts I heard. I don't call it a tweet. I hate that word. Um, you know, he, and he was also on Instagram, uh, on his story, he was answering some Q&A, which was pretty cool. I was watching all those. Um but yeah, he's he's now on social media. I actually always thought he was on social media. I had no clue he wasn't. I just thought he never used it. And if you probably heard that, that was a loud thunder bang. Um, guess Josh Donaldson's bringing the rain. <laughs> but um, yeah, Derek Jeter is now on social. So. I follow. He's gonna have a million followers by the next day or two. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say that shit's gonna, gonna skyrocket. Last I checked was a couple hours ago. He was at like 136k. Um. Oh, you know what I want to talk about before we really get into everything here. That there's this clip that surfaced the other day, of some some nut job baseball analyst who had no clue. What the hell he was talking about? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, and if you do know what I'm talking about, when he was talking about the Yankees pitching, how it's been not good. Like, if you know what I'm talking about, can you let me know what network that was? It kind of looked like SNY, and it wouldn't be shocking if it was SNY, obviously. But I need to know, because he was saying some egregious bullshit. 
even shit that I would disagree with. Um, I mean, ranging from the Yankee pitching has been decent, but not great. He's He called Cole a number three pitcher. Um, he called Severino a back end of the rotation pitcher. Saying how Cashman needs to go out and get an ace for Hal. Because they do not have an ace. Uh, and he was saying... You know, Cortez has been their best pitcher, but he said it like it was a bad thing. Just the way he was speaking, and the tone of voice, and the way he sounds. I mean, if you if you saw the clip, he literally sounds like what I envision the Yankee front office nerds to sound like. The way he says, even Cole is just great. And I want to I'm going to see if I can pull this clip up so you can hear it for yourself. Let's let me get it up real quick. It was the most pathetic shit. Here it is. They've gotten decent pitching, nothing great. Cortez has been their best pitcher, believe it or not. Severino is a middle of the rotation to bottom of the rotation guy. Even Cole is only a 2-3. If I am Brian Cashman, I've got to get a ring for Hal Steinbrenner. I've got to go out and bring in an ace. I've got to find a way. They've gotten decent pitching, nothing great. (laughs) What? What? I don't know who this is. Somebody find me the network and then find me this gentleman's name. Because this this is what what is wrong. Like there's no re- there's this guy's obviously not done his homework. This is almost as bad as um it might be worse than who was it? Was it Jay um Jay something the, the dude on ESPN who does the college basketball games. Jay um Jay Wright? No, not Jay Wright. That's the coach. I think it was... I don't know. They were talking like two years ago, three years ago. Um, whenever they had Austin Rivers. The Knicks had Austin Rivers at the time. And like ESPN was talking about him. Saying how he was contributing, doing a nice job. And he was in the G League while they were talking him up. It's like you did not do your homework. This guy's been in the G League for two weeks. And you're talking about his... Contrib- contributions to the team because he contributed for a little bit at the start of the year, but that was like a while ago while they were talking about it. it was, that that clip of that baseball reporter is, is probably on that level of, of egregious because that was pretty bad. So somebody, if you do know the gentleman's name, let me know and let me know the network that was on. Again, it kind of looks like the format of SNY and I wouldn't be shocked because that's the Mets network but man, that was that was pretty bad. That was pretty brutal. Um, that's it around baseball. Um, I, you know today, obviously, uh, I don't I didn't follow this shit, but like, the Johnny Depp trial is officially over. The verdict came in, and thank God that shit's over. I'm just I'm just I'm tired of hearing about this shit. I could not care less of either of those people. Um, I do not follow celebrities much. I do not follow anything big like that, like drama, the music industry, acting industry. None of that trendy pop culture bullshit intrigues me. Uh, I'm just so glad that shit's over. I don't have to see that on my feed anymore. I don't have to hear about it from people that I communicate with. <laughs> but apparently he won. And um, I did, you know, I've, I, I've watched some clips here and there and some memes about it, but... I'm just glad that shit is over. God. Um, 
Amanda Hebos. Does anybody here follow UFC? Amanda Hebos, one of the cooler, you know, humble, very nice UFC fighters. She slid into my DMs, man. So like, I got like a few weeks ago, maybe I like reacted to one of her stories, and I did it a couple times, a couple different stories, and then I guess she got back to it. And then she responds, thank you and stuff. And then she also, she was like reading all my stories. And then she liked one of my, one of my story slides. I was like, holy shit, Amanda Hebos? It's like one of my favorite MMA fighters now. She's been for a bit, but I just learned about her a, a few months ago. But uh, yeah, I was like, holy shit, Amanda Hebos? So yeah, she's went into my DMs. Just going to casually put that out there. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about it. Um, head to break, and then we'll actually get into the uh, the progress reports. I guess we'll save the uh, you know the game one recap because the Yankees did play the first game on Tuesday yesterday, as I'm recording, and they won nine to one. But we'll save that. We'll recap all that in the series recap after this Angel series tomorrow night. Um, we'll just get right into the report card or the the progress reports, and um start talking about the Yankees and stuff. So, go over everybody's individual grade, as we usually do. And remember, these grades are based off of that player's own expectation. Okay, so not everybody is being graded on the same scale here. Keep that in mind, please, when you come at me in the comments. So, if one player has a better grade than another player, let me put that better. If player one has an A and player B has a D sorry I messed that up if Johnny okay if there's a player named Johnny if Johnny gets an a B plus and then AJ gets a C plus doesn't exactly mean Johnny has been better than AJ it just means that Johnny has met his standards and AJ has not. Or Johnny's come closer to meeting his expectation uh, than AJ has. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Each player is graded off their own expectation. So keep that in mind. Because some of these grades are going to be higher than other players, but it doesn't mean they've been better than that player. So let's head to break really briefly. When we get back, we'll dive into these progress reports. Stay with us. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow. And you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, 
That is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. You know who I've been keeping up with lately for some reason on social media? Uh, the former Giants, Tampa Bay race player, Aubrey Huff. Now that guy is is out there a little bit um, with his like politics. He's a little extreme for me. He will say some outlandish shit, in my opinion. Um, so don't don't get me wrong here. I'm not you know some extremist, but he was saying some pretty funny shit about the um, about a lot of shit lately on his stories. He's talking about the Gabe Kapler shit. He was talking about the MLB, you know, the woke month, I guess you call it, in June, earlier today. <laughs> I actually agree with a lot of his takes. Some of the way he says some certain things are a little extreme, like I said. But yeah, if you like people who shoot shit straight and don't sh- uh, sugarcoat anything, sometimes Aubrey Huff can be a good source of that. <laughs> But I don't want you to think that I'm some hardcore right guy like Aubrey is. But like, I don't know. I was just, I was just a couple of his things came across my feed the other day, and I was like, let me toss him a follow. <laughs> he was saying he's pretty funny, but some of the stuff he says is very true. All right, let's talk Yankees. Um, so yeah, like I said. Each of these grades are, are different. Not everybody's on the same scale. Everyone's graded off their own expectation. All right. So I figured we'd start with the lineup, the position players, and then we will work our way around the diamond. So we'll start catcher, go to first, work our way around the infield, then we'll go to the outfield. All right. So if we're starting catcher, Jose Trevino is our first up. And as you see, I gave Jose Trevino a B plus. I think he's been very solid, man. He's been very solid. Um, see, across 31 games so far this season, he's batting 263. He's got the OPS all the way up to 717. Officially in the 700s. Three doubles, five homers. I'm sorry. I put, I, I, there's a little bit of a typo on the screen there. I think I'm supposed to say three doubles, three home runs, and five RBIs. I don't know. Let's look that up. I know he has three home runs. Let's see. Jose Trevino stats. Okay. Yeah, okay. So he's got, here we go. Three doubles, three homers, 12 RBIs. Is it three homers? Yeah, three doubles, three homers, sorry, 12 RBIs. No, two doubles, three homers, 12 RBIs. Uh, Five walks, 11 strikeouts, one stolen base. B plus, Um, he's hitting. He's been hitting in the clutch lately. 
And the most important thing for me from a catcher is you want defense and you want a guy who can work well with his pitchers. And Trevino has brought both to this Yankees team. He's handled the entire pitching rotation so well. Um, He's been so good behind the plate. And the hitting has been a positive bonus to where he's now slowly but surely becoming the primary catcher, right? 31 games. The Yankees have played 49 games, I believe, this season. That's way more than half. So Higgy's starting to get less and less playing time. Uh, But the pathetic thing was Trevino goes 3-for-4, makes a few highlight plays defensively. Um, On the bases, he makes a highlight play. He gets the pickoff behind the plate. And then he he is a homer. And then scheduled for today. Obviously, today's uh, today's game was canceled, but postponed. But Trevino has a huge night. And then Trevino's sitting today for Kyle Higashioka when the lineup came out. Carpenter homers last night. Carpenter, he homers, and then he sits tonight for Hicks. It's just like a, that's just Boone. Uh, but Trevino's been so great. I can't, I can't give him anything below a B plus, man. I think he's been uh, everything we've asked for. He's been such a fun story. Obviously, the highlight of his season so far was not too long ago when he hits the walk off special day for him. Uh, given you know everything that went on in Texas, where he's from, where he used to play, and his father's birthday was that exact day. Uh, they talked, you know, that, that, that was just such a cool moment. And, um, yeah, I did not expect him to hit at all. You know, I was saying, I literally said at the start of the season, if our catchers can bat 220 and give you an OPS in the 600s, then I'll take it with their defense. And here's Jose Trevino batting 263 with a 717 OPS. a better average than Gary I'm sure the OPS isn't far off um so yeah he he got he's getting a B plus for me you know who's not getting a B plus is the other catcher on this team uh Kyle Higashioka Higgy though he's lost that nickname from me remember he's now officially Higashioka again uh through 28 games he's batting 164 with a disgustingly pathetic 428 OPS which is hard to do that's hard to have an OPS in the 400s, dude. Because you can see its OPS is, is on base and slugging. So if you're batting 164, you're on base. I mean, Jesus Christ. Two doubles, three home uh See, I, I, I fucked up his stats. I think I actually meant... You know what I did? That middle stat there might be Trevino's and Higgy Higgy does not have any home runs so if you're watching the podcast and you see that graphic that's incorrect as well um he doesn't know he has no home runs on the year man so I gave Higashioka a D um the only reason he doesn't have an F because his expectations weren't that high to begin with and his catching although not good not great has has been better than Gary last year his, his catching's actually been pretty below average. Um, he leaves the league in pass balls. He's not really that good. At the, yeah, I don't know. I was going to try to save save him a little face there, but maybe a D is too complimentary. He's not been good. Higashioka gets a D for me. 
Uh, let's go over to first base and talk about Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> has it has it the tie changed or what, man? Rizzo looked so sharp, spectacular, phenomenal in April, right? He was on fire. He looked like he was, you know, at the time the leading MVP candidate in the American League. The home runs, he was at one point leading the American League. He was up there in RBIs with Jose Ramirez. I think he had a lead there. He was batting over 280. He looked so good. The OPS was in the thousands. Then May came. And as great as he was in April, he was that level of bad in the month of May. So when you combine those two months through 48 games, he's batting 214 with a 798 OPS that drops every day now. 10 doubles, a triple, 11 homers, and 29 ribbies. So those numbers are good. They're productive. Uh, the 23 walks are in there, 33 strikeouts, three stolen bases. But yeah, you combine everything... I gave him a C. Some good, some bad. Two completely different months. I guess that balances it out, right? He had an A caliber April, and he's having an F caliber uh, May. He had an F caliber May. So, it only makes sense that it's a C. He's still playing good defense. I'll give him that. But that is not enough because we had him, we got him to be this spark. And he's been anything but that. He's been a dud. For over a month now. So Rizzo gets a C. Um, the numbers, you know, they're still productive looking, but a majority of that was from the first month of the season. Let's go over to second base. Glaber Torres. I love it, man. I, I love what I'm seeing from Glaber this season. I gave him a B. Through 46 games, he's got the numbers up. They're starting to climb up. Batting 250. With a 762 OPS. Six doubles, a triple in there. Could have been two. Nine home runs, 24 RBIs. Eight walks, 31 strikeouts, and a stolen base. One second. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing you have to say when it comes to Glaber is... Switching him back to second base was the smart move. You could tell he was uncomfortable at shortstop. He let that, you know, he took his struggles to the plate. He took his struggles at the plate to the field, vice versa. You could tell that was a big, big difference. Switching him back to second base where he looks a lot more comfortable. I think statistically he's among like the top second baseman defensively in the league. And he, the eye test matches that assumption. Um, and of course, he's hitting now. The power's back. He's already got nine home runs. Nine home runs was what he finished all of last season with. During the 60-game season, he only had three home runs. The slugging is up. The average, I expect that to creep back up. Um, hopefully, he can bat like 260-something. I will take that at this point from him. But yeah, the OPS is nearing 800s every day now. It's going up and up. So he, he's looking like the guy 
that we thought he could be. Now, he might not hit nearly 40 home runs anymore, but like I said, he bats 260, gives you an OPS in the 800s, um, finishes the season with 25 to maybe 30 home runs. That is exactly what you want to see from a second baseman. He's a good contact hitter, and of course, the big thing at the plate from him is his approach is totally better, totally different. He's not trying to pull everything off as much. He he's still you know got some inconsistencies. He's up and down, no doubt about that. But you'll see moments, especially in the clutch, where he focuses in, zones in, and and he does his job. He goes the other way a lot. And he's hitting the ball hard. He's finding holes in the defense. He's their clutch guy. He's been so, so much better than he has in recent years. So I think Lieber's been a solid B. Um, Again, the inconsistencies definitely still has trouble there, and he's got to work on being more consistent. Occasionally he'll lose some focus at second base still, but for the most part, it's definitely been a step in in the right direction for sure for Gleyber Torres. So I gave him a B. So far he's earned a B across two months. Uh, DJ LeMayu. Yeah, um, through 42 games this season, DJ has batted four, um, sorry, 256 with a 718 OPS. Does he really have 11 doubles, or am I screwing that set up too? Because that seems like a lot. If he has 11 doubles, that's pretty awesome. Why do I feel like I've made so many typos on this graphic? On these graphics? I'm going to fact check myself one second here. Wow, he has 11 doubles. All right, nice. 256, 718 OPS, 11 doubles, 3 bombs, 19 ribbies, 15 walks, 23 strikeouts, and a walk and a stolen base. I gave DJ a C plus. Um, yes, he's playing good defense. Very good defense. He's playing first base defense. Uh, very, very solid first base defense. He's playing a very, very good second base defense. At third base, I actually think he's been the best over there. He's been exceptional at third base. Um, so he's versatile. and He had a really good April. Really, really good April. May, he's had a lot of inconsistencies. He's had a down month. And so that's why his grade has dipped to a C+. He's hitting the ball on the ground a lot. Hopefully, a lot of that had to do with the wrist injury because he has looked better so far upon return. Three games back, he's had at least one hit in each of those games. Yesterday, he had two hits and a walk. He had the double in there. He had a couple doubles already since coming back. So he looks a lot better at the plate since returning. Hopefully, that's a positive indicator that he's going to get back to being that guy. And when I mean that guy, I mean that leadoff catalyst, the guy that we know can, you know, bat around 300. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking him to be Ty Cobb again. But if he can start batting 290 to 300 in that range, give you the OPS, you know, 750 to 820, around that, that's great. I don't need him to hit home runs, okay? He finishes with 10 to 15 and has the numbers I just mentioned previous to that stat. I'll be fine with it. But just be the leadoff guy that gets on base, that gets hits, and, you know, slaps the base hit the other way when there's a guy on second and third. I I still want to say that he can get back to that. I hope. 
Because again, these three games, a small sample, but four hits so far. A couple of them are extra base hits, so hopefully he's going to turn it around. Um, a lot of people think he was like a juice ball merchant. Some people are saying, I don't know. I just think, like I've said before, he's just not as good as we thought. You know, he had an outstanding first year and an outstanding COVID season. But he's also had, if you look at his career, some very average to below average seasons. So if he had one of those seasons again, I wouldn't be shocked. But I also wouldn't be shocked if he had a very productive season because he he's done that a few times. So, you know, I guess time's going to tell. But DJ gets a C-plus for me. Shortstop, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, IKF. Through 46 games, he's batting 258 with an OPS of 603. He's got six doubles, 12 RBIs, no home runs yet. <laughs> 11 walks, 27 strikeouts only, and five stolen bases. I gave him a C-plus. I, I, maybe I could have given him a B-minus. I think he's done an okay job. He's you know, He's been okay at shortstop, nothing crazy. And I would say he's been okay at the plate. He's had some good moments at the plate, but he's also a bit streaky there. Um, a lot of his hits have come in some pretty clutch moments. He seems to have a knack for that. Yeah, you know, for, for a light hitter, I say he's been okay at the plate. Guy's going to get you the single. And I, I expect the average to go up a little bit. I think he can hit anywhere from 270 to 290 in this lineup. Wouldn't be shocked. But I like Isaiah Kiner Falefa. He's a decent stopgap. I wouldn't be opposed to upgrading at that position. But I like the fact that he makes a lot of contact. And I think he's been okay. Nothing more, nothing less. So I gave him a C plus. I think he's been fine. Third base. <laughs> Josh Donaldson. Through 37 games, Josh Donaldson has batted 238 with a 764 OPS. Eight doubles, five homers, 15 RBIs. 20 walks on the season, 36 strikeouts, no stolen bases yet. And he's playing very good, very good third base. So I gave him a B. I think he's been productive. Got off to a very, very slow start for a little bit. But it's been but it's been very solid for I'd say about a month now. Maybe he was a bit high of a grade. Could have went to a B minus, but I'd say a B is fair. I'd say Josh Donaldson has been productive, giving them power and defense. And that is what they signed up for. So I gave Josh Donaldson a B. Let's move on to the outfield. Let's get to the outfield when we get back from break. Stay with us. Be right back. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. 
So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 375 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. Giancarlo Stanton gets an A- minus for me. 40 games in, he's batting 285 with an OPS of 862. Three doubles, 11 home runs, 35 RBIs. 14 walks, 47 strikeouts, zero stolen bases. You could have went B+. I was thinking about doing that, but I'm in a good mood, so I gave him an A-. minus. Just because the injuries, um, every year it seems to be. And then uh, he's had some streaks of cold. He's a hot and cold hitter. That's what he is, though. And he's been very productive. He... he has carried the teams. He has carried the team in those stretches where he's been hot. So, I yeah, I have no problem with Stanton this year at all. Other than those couple of things, he he's just been so productive, so powerful. When he hits home runs, that is an automatic no doubter. Liners off the bat, and he's been clutch. He's been hitting a lot with men on base. Hence the thirty five RBIs. Power productions there. He's hitting a lot more singles this year. On top of that, which is why the batting average is up. At one point, it was over 300 before you know he started slumping. Um, at the same time, he went down with the injury. But he's making his way back. He should be back as soon as his um, the minimum timetable is up. So has played an okay outfield when in the outfield, and he's done well at DH. So yeah, Stanton gets an A minus for me. I think he's been very good. Uh, when healthy, he's been spectacular. So no, no complaints. No legitimate complaints from Giancarlo. Tell you who I do have some complaints about. <laughs> Two of them. One of them being our pal Aaron Hicks. Through forty-one games this season, Aaron Hicks is batting two hundred with a five-sixty OPS, one double. One home run, seven RBIs. 21 walks, 33 strikeouts, five stolen bases. He has been terrible. He gets an F because he's failed to do his job. He's got a big contract, lengthwise, and he's not getting it done. He's been atrocious at the plate all year. He had a good three weeks, maybe two and a half weeks at the top of the season. That was it. Since then, he's been lazy in center field. Lazy. He's been dog shit at the plate. Somehow worse, more vile than dog shit at the plate in the clutch. And some of these at-bats you watch with Aaron Hicks aren't even remotely competitive. Getting picked off on base. I mean, he's been so pathetic. I don't know how you keep him on this roster. When everybody's healthy. How do you send down Anduhar when everyone's healthy? They better not do that. 
Hicks gets an F. Because between him and Joey Gallo, who also gets an F, you cannot continue to go on like that. Gallo, through 41 games, he's batting 179. Hey, at least his OPS is now 601 because of his big night last night with two hits. Two doubles, five home runs, seven RBIs for him as well. 18 walks, 53 strikeouts. Jesus. No stolen bases. Yeah, he gets an F. He's been just as pathetic. He's also not been that good in the outfield. Now, he made a nice play last night, but that was from right field. I am... What else is there to say? Now, I knew knew when he came over here, Joey Gallo was going to be the hot and cold, extreme hot and cold guy. The hit or miss, home run, walk, strikeout, typical three true outcome guy. Right? Adam Dundesk hitter. But he's not even bringing the power anymore. Right? It's one thing to bat below the Mendoza and at least have a bunch of home runs and extra base hits and RBIs in there. Guys, he's got two doubles, five homers, and seven RBIs total. What month is it? It's June. It is now June. I don't have a single nice thing to say about Hicks or Gallo. They've both been disgustingly bad. Oh, let me check. Yeah, you know what? I thought I was wrong. I fact-checked myself. I was like, does he actually have seven RBIs with Hicks? He also has seven RBIs. So he's been really bad. Now, he, he gives some effort in the outfield, but he's just not been as advertised. He was supposed to be this gold-glove left fielder. We haven't gotten that. So Hicks, Gallo, disgusting. It's amazing the Yankees are where they are with two black holes in the lineup. Two-ninths of their lineup is a disgusting joke. And they have the most or the best record in baseball. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Let's get to some other positives here, though. Let's brighten the mood with Aaron Judge, who's the opposite of an F. Aaron Judge gets an A+. He's in a contract year, and he's showing everybody why he decided to decline the initial offer. 47 games in, he's batting three oh three. With an OPS of 1.029. Nine doubles on the year. 18 home runs. 38 RBIs. 21 walks. 53 strikeouts. Three stolen bases. He gets an A+. He's been hitting the ball in all facets. Right? Not just slugging. But he, he is hitting. Singles. Doubles. Homers. Walks. They're all there. The walks are down a bit for him, but they're still decent. His walk rate's all right. But he's hitting instead, and I love that. We're used to Judge hitting 275, 285. He's batting over 300 this year. He's such He's matured so much as a hitter since he first came into the league. Everybody expected him to be this low-batting average guy who just slugs. He's a legit all-around hitter. And he's an all-around baseball player. He's a good baseball player. He's an excellent job. He does an excellent job in the outfield. Right field? Sure, I'll play that. Center field? Of course. He's starting to become their everyday center fielder. He's been 
phenomenal in center field. He robbed a home run of Otani last night. I don't think the center field option should be long-term. I think we really need to make an upgrade there so Judge can go back to his natural position, which is less demanding on his body in right field. But he's done the job exceptionally well so far. He's been playing like a $300 million player. He's been playing like the MVP. He's a top player in the game. Right there with Trout. Judge has been absolutely perfect this year. I have no complaints with him. He's stayed healthy for the most part. Knock on wood. Actually, he's stayed healthy, period. Knock on wood. And he's produced even beyond the expectation I expected. Like last year, he had a good year. But this year, he's having a better than his rookie year. year. All the home runs he's hitting are crushed. He's going oppo with them. He's pulling the shit out of them. He's been producing in the clutch. He's been very clutch. The start of the season, he, he didn't really produce in the clutch. You know, that Boston series, he got off to a bit of a slow start. But, I mean, that's the only thing we have to nitpick. He has been absolutely amazing. So Aaron Judge gets an A-plus to round off our position players' progress report. We will go to the starting rotation, pick them apart one by one, then we'll grade the bullpen as a whole this time. But we'll do that when we get back from break. Stay with us. Be right back. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to BD4, episode 375 of the podcast. Let's get to the rotation. All right, and let's start with our ace, Garrett Cole. Through 10 games, 10 starts, Garrett Cole's got a 4-1 record, a 3-1-2 ERA, 52 and two-thirds innings pitched, 45 hits allowed, 72 strikeouts, 15 walks, and a hit batter. He gets a B-plus for me. Some people might call that harsh. Well, I point to four of his ten starts being not so good. He struggled badly in his first three starts of the season. Since then, he's found it with just one bad outing two turns ago. So, six good, four bad. That warrants a B-plus to me. I think he's been good. Very good. His fastball is good. When the fastball gets hit, it gets hit very hard for extra bases, but it's not often that it gets hit. There's a lot of spin, a lot of velocity on that fastball, as we all know. I think he's 90th percentile in velocity. He's using the cutter this season for the first time, throwing it 14% of the time. It's around 92 to 94, and it's worked very well for him. The slider is working great. The change up too. The curveball has been hit around a lot. 
think the opponent batting average on that, I was checking on the nerd site, Baseball Savant. Uh, I think opponents are hitting 400 on the curve. But outside of that, he's been very good. So I think Cole has found it. He's quieted down those spider tech rumors. And the numbers on the year are, are kind of what I expect from him going forward post spider tech. Very good. Might not be Houston Astros, Garrett Cole. You know, pre-Spider Tech Cole with the Yankees. No. But it will be very good. ERA in the low, low threes. Maybe a smidge below in the high twos. Going to eat innings. Give you six, seven on, on average. He's been good. Let's go to... Uh, let's go to Severino. Sevy. Nine games, three and one record, a three thirty-eight ERA, forty-eight innings pitched, forty hits allowed, fifty-one strikeouts, thirteen walks, four hit by pitch. I gave Severino an A minus. I I think he's been so fun to watch, so good. He's got the swagger back, man. He's just looking he looks so competitive out there. He's got this edge. He's barking at other dugouts. He's pounding his fist into his glove after strikeouts. He's throwing hard. His secondary pitches are working great. He's got a lot more confidence in that changeup. The strikeouts are down a tad, I guess, but he's still racking up strikeouts. I knew he was having having a good year all year, but once he had that Chicago White Sox outing a couple starts ago that really told me that this is Severino he's back like that was what got me to buy in again he was so phenomenal in that start getting out of jams continuously just oh I loved it I loved it Severino gets an A minus Jordan Montgomery gonna try a little gonna try a little fast here we're almost done 10 games in he was uh, he's been one and one he got the win last night his first one, one and one with a 3.04 ERA, 53 to third innings, 45 hits allowed, 41 strikeouts, nine walks, four hit batters. He gets an A minus. He's been very good as well, as the entire rotation has. Um, Montgomery's been great. Soft contact, occasional strikeout. Has been a victim of of no run support most of the time, um, but has has went out there regardless. And done a hell of a job for this Yankees team. Pitching above even my expectations for him. So he gets an A-. Jamison Tyone also gets an A-. 5-1 through 9 starts. A 2-4-9 ERA. 50 and 2 thirds innings pitched. 46 hits. 39 strikeouts. 5 walks. 2 hit batters. He gets an A-. He's actually been the most underrated pitcher on this staff in my opinion. For some reason, he doesn't get the attention the other guys get. Part of that has to do with Cortez. Part of that has to do with Garrett Cole. Being Cole and always getting the headlines. But guys like Tyone have just... Like, the guy's been so good. He hasn't allowed... I don't think he's allowed more than two runs yet. Maybe one outing? But I don't even think so. Knock on wood, too. He's been so good, dude. The cutter for him. He's thrown that, and that's a Matt Blake thing. Yeah, he's been a horse. 
Nestor Cortez. Pitching like the ace of the staff. Nestor Cortez gets an A+. Nine games in, he's 4-1 and one with a 1.70 ERA. 53 innings, just 33 hits allowed. 61 strikeouts, 12 walks, and a hit batter. He gets an A+. What else is there to say? What else is there to say when it comes to Nestor Cortez? How do you not give him an A+. How do you not? What was his worst start? Maybe five innings, three runs? Everything outside that has been like one run, no runs. So, I can't give him anything less than that, man. Nestor's been unbelievable. Let's get to the Yankee bullpen. I gave them a B plus. 49 games. They pitch in every game so far. 16 and 10 record. 311 ERA. Have thrown 162 and two-thirds innings. 37 hits allowed. That's that's an incorrect stat. I know. That's not right, is it? There's is the, have they been that good? There's no way they've allowed just 37 hits in 162 and two-thirds innings. That might be a typo. Somebody please look that up, because that'd be insane. Uh, 175 strikeouts. Yeah, I don't think that's right. <laughs> 63 walks, 7 hit batters, uh, but still, they've been good. Uh, you could have won A-. minus. I, I just don't think they're the deepest. I think outside of Clay Holmes and Michael King, it gets a lot worse. There's a big drop-off there. You have a lot of slightly above-average to below-average guys after those two. Uh, even King's been struggling lately. lately. Uh, but Araldis has been dog crap to a point where he's now on the DL. Uh, Jack Green wasn't great. He went to the DL. He's done for the year. Tommy John. Lasagna was absolutely dog crap as well. He's on the DL. Um, and then you got guys who are still left. You got guys like Wandy Peralta, who's been pretty good. Castro, who's been pretty good, but, you know, got to be careful with him in high leverage. Um, yeah, and so on. I think they've been pretty good. I think they've been very good. Uh, a step below the rotation, but still good. B-plus for the pen. Uh, to the Yankees as a whole, they've been great. 49 games in. 49 games in. A 34-15 and 15 record, which gives them a 694 winning clip. First place in the East by five and a half games as I last checked, which is like an hour ago. I know the Blue Jays are in the middle of a game right now. Um, and they've got a plus 79 run differential. So I give the Yankees an A. There's not much to complain about. They've been phenomenal all year with a couple of rough stretches lately. But other than that, they've been nearly perfect. Still have the best record in baseball. Gonna head to our final break, get back and wrap this one up with the MYYMYK and also our second Who Am I? Be right back. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. 
Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC799 a month. So for episode 375, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day is How many times have the Yankees swept a World Series? Alright, how many times have the Yankees swept a World Series? So let me know the answer, whether that's on you know whatever platform you can reach me on. Um, if you get it correct, I'll give you a shout out in the next show. If you get it incorrect, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I'll let you know what the answer is in the next show. And now, let's get to this episode's Who Am I? Now, if you're new to this podcast, we just started doing this, so you're not missing much. Uh, This is our second Who Am I of BD4. Um, So what this is, is I'm going to give you, I'm going to describe... A former Yankee. Obviously, I'm not going to say his name. And how I describe him is I list every team he's been on in his career in chronological order. The years he's played for each team. And you're going to have to guess who it is. Alright, so in this episode, I'm going to give you our second Who Am I of the podcast. So we did Nick Swisher last time out. So what I do, I'm going to describe it right now. I'm going to describe this player. I'm going to describe him once again by the different teams he's played for in his career. And then once I tell you that, I'm going to give you a minute to figure out who it is. And after a minute, I will let you know the answer. So who am I? I played from for the Oakland A's from 1995 to 2001. Then I played for the Yankees from 2002 to 2008. Then I played for the Oakland A's in 2009. And then the Rockies from 2009 to 2012. And then I played for the Cleveland Indians in 2013 and in 2014. It was the Indians at the time, guys. Relax. Alright, so you get one minute to figure out who that is. If you're watching the podcast, you have the benefit of reading what I just read to you on the screen here. But if you're not, rewind what I just said and don't pause it. Don't cheat. You got one minute to figure it out. Who am I? Let's get it.
<clears throat> All right. Jason Giambi was the answer to this episode's Who Am I? Giambi played with Oakland. Oh, I'm sorry. The numbers on this screen here are wrong. Um, I still have Swisher's career numbers up here, but yeah, he was the, he was the guy. Jason Giambi was who I was mentioning. Hopefully, you got that correct. Jason Giambi was a fun Yankee. Guys, that's it. That's all we've got for this episode of BD4, episode 375 in the books. I'll catch you in the next one. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. 